guys, thank you so much for joining me back again for another session from What the Andrew, which is part of the Pacino Report. So I'm coming to you today from a freezing, cold, rainy, or a wintry day here in Adelaide in South Australia. And as you can hear, I have my sexy voice going on for you. So I'll try to um, keep that going without coughing. No, I'm doing pretty well. Um, on the couch today with What the Andra, I spoke to Sarah and Judd Merrill. These guys are both absolute crazy fanatic motorcycle enthusiasts and they've both bring different aspects to their family life from each of them. So we've got Sarah who used to be a model and I guess through her love for Judd got introduced to motorbikes and is now riding them um, I think pretty much every day from the sounds of it. Um, spoke to Judd, he is from the Deals Gap Resort in Robbinsville, North Carolina. So he told us about the Dragon, which you need to jump online and check out. It's a pretty crazy track for anyone with any type of motorcycle experience can jump on and have a ride there at the resort. They've got accommodation. Um, I'm going to grab my passport out and once the borders open up, I think I might have to head there myself. The team and I, I'm sure, will be keen to go. Um, Sarah told me about some high heel riding boots that she's trialed. There's photos of these on her Instagram. So go and have a look at them. I'm pretty sure we've got some guys and girls and probably the host of our podcast, Dave, might be interested in these boots. <laughs> but the best part of this conversation I had today is, you know, we all enjoy a good love story and these guys are completely madly in love, supportive of each other and are pushing and supporting each other to be the best that they can possibly be. What more could you possibly want? So guys, thank you very much for joining me today on What the Andra. Here I am with Sarah and Judd Merrill. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly been an interesting time. Yeah. You guys coping okay? Yeah. You know, it, it really is um, the motorcycles, I think, that are keeping us sane because where, where we live, there's a lot of restrictions. But one of the things that we are allowed to do is um, riding a motorcycle is permitted. And so oh, wow. um, that's good. Yeah, it, it's, it's really good because it's like, you know, during the week, it's um, it can be stressful because both of us are working for businesses who are impacted by COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And we're having to deal with a very complex and evolving threat, basically, in the business environment. Uh -huh. But then on the weekends, um, and sometimes during the week, like when he gets off work, we'll, um, we'll go for a motorcycle ride. And you just, when you're out there on the bike, you, you forget that there's a pandemic going on. Yeah, it's your mental health. Yeah, you just um, enjoy it. So if we start at the absolute beginning, I would love to hear how you guys met. I, uh, I was uh, going to be a chiropractor, and in order to get myself through chiropractic school, uh, I was going to be a personal trainer because the two went kind of hand in hand. Yeah. And so I started off on becoming a personal trainer, and something deep inside of me said that there was more to personal training than maybe what I had originally thought, more than a tool to get through. Mm -hmm. And became a personal trainer, started working for multiple gyms, lo and behold, one day, there was this young blue-eyed brunette who was doing the peg fly <laughs> totally incorrectly. And now oh, you had to help her. I'm sure you had to adjust her technique. It was my job to help her. <laughs> yes. Of course. And now, did I have butterflies before I approached her? Absolutely. Did I know that it would turn out to be an 11-year marriage? Not by any, any stretch of the imagination. But I went over there and I talked to her that day, um, helped her out. I introduced myself. And one of the break points, I think, and Sarah will tell you this, that um, 
I asked to approach her. I asked if it was okay if I could get in her personal space. I asked if it was okay if I could touch her um, in a wow, professional that's quite manner. Uncommon, especially in that industry, too. Absolutely, something that she, as in a very attractive female, had um, kind of combated a lot, especially in the gym arena. And so, mm-hmm. to her, it was a very fresh uh, approach and a new awakening because I was not there for ulterior motives. I was there as a professional relationship, and and yeah. it was so for about six weeks, and then. Actually, our moms met um, before we met and Sarah met my mom before um, we kind of all put, you know, put everything together and mm-hmm. uh, they kind of hit it off because of horses and our moms met and, and they kind of saw the relationship before we even saw it, which was kind of wild. Um, but fast forward to six weeks and one date led into a conversation, led into I like you a whole lot and I think it should go forward. And then fast forward another year was when I proposed to her. And I think shortly after that, um, it was a uh, Thanksgiving day here in the US and, I, and it was very warm, unseasonably warm. And so I rode the bike over to uh, to Sarah's parents' house. And it was a 2006 Yamaha R6. And Sarah had never been on a bike. And her <laughs> sister who now lives in Spain uh, was still stateside. and was very encouraging to Sarah to try it out and to ride it. and. I'm not one of those egotistical guys that wants to put you on the back and show you how fast I can go. I wanted Sarah to enjoy it just like I enjoyed it. And that is not at triple digit speed. That is, Hey, Mm -hmm. just go get comfortable with it. Enjoy it. Realize that it's not going to hurt you initially and just experience the awe and wonder of it, you know, to begin with. And so put her on the back, we rode around in a timely manner and kind of tying back into the horses. Um, Sarah had been riding and, and, uh, eventing and jumping dressage been around horses almost her entire life and that really showed that first time she got on the back of the bike because i didn't realize (laughs) that the human body especially females could squeeze with their legs so hard they could squeeze (laughs) a male so hard in the lower body that you could actually lose your breath it was it was amazing to me i had had no idea the strength uh, of female and, and uh it had to, had to get her to calm down a little bit because she was squeezing so hard. Mm-hmm. And finally, once she relaxed, um, I think she really, I think you kind of feel the sense of awe and wonder come over her a little bit. And uh, little did we know it was on the brink of a very, uh, very long and hopefully prosperous uh, career of motorcycling. So from that day on, you know, she rode on the back and poor thing, you know, at five, eight, it's like sitting on a credit card. The yeah. back of back seat of a sport bike is nowhere for That's any awful. human being to, to spend any amount yeah. of time. Um, and so, you know, months went by and she got more and more comfortable. And uh, we were riding, of course, out to Deals Gap. We were living in Asheville, which is 90 miles on the other side of the resort at this point. Which uh, We should probably explain what, what, what that is, the Dragon. Sure, sure. So yeah. uh, the Dragon and Deals Gap motorcycle. That's one of my questions. Yeah, <laughs> is, uh, it's a very famous road. It's, uh, it, it is the Dragon. It's 318 curves and 11 miles. There's no residence. There's no entry, exit. There's very, you know, there's very few places that you can get onto it other than the highway itself. And so a very famous road, um, very undulating, very decreasing radius, very tight, rhythmic sections, you know, very technical road, uh, to say the least, at 318 curves, condensed in, in a very short 11 miles. Very fun, very exhilarating. Uh, we get a lot of Australians, Europeans, people from all over the world come and ride the Dragon uh, as they should. It's one of those uh, bucket list 
type roads mm-hmm. that, that they should ride. Um, and so we were traveling from Asheville to, to Deals Gap to the Dragon because it's 90 miles. Why wouldn't you go every weekend? You know, that was, that was a cool place to hang out. And we were starting to develop some friendly relationships over there. And so we kept going on. And, um, you know, 90 miles on the back of a sport bike is pretty tough. It was was awful. Like my my (laughs) knees were killing me and my back was killing me. And we got through the whole day and we like stopped at this rest area. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like hitting the back of his helmet. Like, please stop. This is like so painful. And we, uh, so he pulled over um and and i was like i'm like this is so uncomfortable like i'm not enjoying this and he was like well you know you could just get your own bike (laughs) nice and i was like oh like i can do that and he said yeah you can and um and before that moment i had never i had never thought about that of like hey i i can do this like i can Mm -hmm. ride my own bike um this can be me and and it really kind of took him saying that and it just like clicked and it was like oh my gosh i can ride my own bike and and immediately after i looked for the first motorcycle course i could possibly take to enroll in before i even took the course bought my first bike i didn't even know how to ride but but (laughs) i wouldn't let her ride it until she passed the course yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Absolutely okay. not. Yeah. No, there's no secret lessons. Absolutely, yeah. because I did it the wrong way. I cowboyed up and was uh-huh. blessed enough not to get hurt, injured, or killed. And I wasn't going to allow that for her to do that. I learned from my mistakes. Go through the class. When you complete the class, of course, Miss Flying Colors over here, 100%, um, gets it knocked out. Then you can ride your own bike. Until then, do it right. Don't get hurt. It's totally, all that is uh, knowledge is power and, you know, don't. Don't be stupid about it. Educate yourself. Which you've got to, I suppose, because you had everything there to just jump on a ride anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it takes, Very it takes mature. intelligence to go, hey, hang on a second. This is not uh, This is not coloring. This is not quilting. This is something you can get, you know, mm-hmm. injured, hurt, or killed at. So, yeah. So, Sarah, do you think that's the moment when you fell in love with both of them, Judd and the motorbike? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I, I was already in love with Judd. But, um, but yeah, it was like, it, I mean, it really was like a enlightening moment of, um, for the first time in my life ever, somebody was supporting me and saying, I, I could do this. I can you ride can a motorcycle. And, yeah. and, you know, and that's a thing. Um, and, and that's why I'm so um, just ingrained in the women's motorcycle community and very vocal about being a motorcyclist and supporting other women because um because women um there's a lot of women out there like me who i think because for so long um you know the industry has catered to men but recently that's been changing and um i I would say actually over the course of the last decade or so it's actually impressive how many and it's ramping up, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. and, and it's great. And I've received a lot of support from major motorcycle brands and um, manufacturers, and they they support, like, the women's uh, sport bike rally that I do, a lot of women's track days. And, and so now a lot of them are getting behind it, but I think back then it was still kind of on the upswing, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't know any women motorcyclists. And so when you don't see other people, 
people like you out there doing it, it's hard to see yourself in it. And so, uh, so that's one of the reasons why I, I really try to, um, you know, through social media and, and online and events, just, you know, tell other women like, Hey, you, you can do this. Yeah. You've got, it sounds like it was such an empowering moment for you and you're now able to be a leader in that and support. And you're right because we do, I think we sit there and go, Oh no, that's, that's his thing to do. There's no reason we can't do it. Yeah, and I think there's such a, a connotation with motorsports and motorcycling specifically that it is a male dominant sport that I oh. think the ladies, once they're shown by, you know, influencer examples or just great, you know, friends that, hey, you can do this and encourage instead of go, no, that's not for you or you can't do that and have to be and in the that Some women are, are physically suited better because you need, is it better to be a bit smaller? Oh, strong? yeah. Yeah, there's the whole horsepower to weight ratio and so like we we race um uh mini motorcycles which are very small like 88 cc's and that's what i'm gonna try first oh you guys careful careful <laughs> it's the small ones that get you hurt probably oh <laughs> yeah. no they're fine everybody they're goes fine. oh look they're small and they're <laughs> cute it's fine yeah yeah they, yeah. they, they think that size is uh, a representative of how hard you can get and that is quite the opposite you can get yeah. more hurt on the small ones than you can on the big ones, I promise. But yeah, but closer the, to the ground. You, you can really yeah. feel like the horsepower to weight ratio with the with the small bikes. And like I yeah. and I just got before all the COVID nineteen stuff hit, um, bought a Kawasaki Z one twenty five and signed up for our first race on it. And I'm so excited to like race this little bike and then the whole coronavirus hits and um you know, it, it, but, but it, it is what it is. We'll all get through it. But, um, in, you know, in the meantime, social media has been a great way to connect with other motor. Thank goodness for technology. Imagine 20, 30 years ago, if we we're all locked up. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be a great way to know that you're a racer that before you've even ridden the bike, you've signed up for a race. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what happened? Do that. Yeah, well, with point. the with the the Kawasaki 125, we had bought it, brought it home, and I think we ran into a, ba- a stretch of bad weather right there that we didn't ride it for probably a week. Found out about this this race, and we're like, oh, well, let's sign up for it, and we haven't even ridden the thing. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> and and what happened in that? How'd you go? Oh well, it's supposed to take place in June at Barber mm-hmm. Motorsports Park, which is in Alabama, which is an amazing place which if, if anyone comes stateside to do motorcycles and they're on the east coast highly recommend going to barber they have a motorcycle museum that's just like world renowned it, it, it's awesome and they're they're track we've done track days there on our sport bikes um that that's how we know it is from track days um and going to the museum but they're having a small bore rally in june uh, fingers crossed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't get canceled. Um, but that will be, um, my, well, both of our first races on the Z125. We're doing an endurance race where we're a team. In a team together. Just you two? Yeah. It's just the two of oh, us. I love that. And I think the competition will be awfully stiff for a bike we've never mm-hmm. raced before, but you know, got to start. Some- so how long is that endurance race? Oh, man. oh gosh. What did they say? It, it will take about, hours? yeah, uh, two or three hours. Two or three. Yeah, yeah which, which on a small board bike is, is a long way. So were you planning to ride as long as you feel or will you go right, you're riding 20 minutes? 
Well, well, you know, we haven't gotten that far. The whole the whole <laughs> okay. COVID thing has gotten kind of thrown us yeah. off route, but we thought of kind of breaking it up every 15 because mm-hmm. we're used to like, you know, 15 minute segments on the 88 cc's is about as long as you want to go to really. And you need to be focused, don't you? You can't sort of. Exactly. Yeah. Really push. You can't go out there and lollygag and count roses and butterflies. You know, you got to mm-hmm. get at it. Um, yeah. And so we were thinking maybe every 15 with the two of us, that way it kind of broke it up. But you know, it's one of those things, it's uncharted territory for us. We might get out there and feel like 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you know, you could really yeah. push. But, um, you know, even even the small bikes at that level take a lot of uh, physical effort. So mm-hmm. 20 or 30 minutes is a long time, especially coming out of <laughs> almost hibernation. Oh, We've been running a absolutely. lot. But, yeah. uh, you know, coming out of a situation where we're not on our A-plus game physically might be a little tough. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, so, Judd, do you mind just mentioning a bit more about the Deals Gap Motorbike Resort? I was fascinated when Sarah mentioned it, had a bit of a look. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so right there in uh, Deals Gap, North Carolina, very small population, very, uh, as I like to call it, a corner of the world because uh, mm-hmm. it seems a, seems like a place where time has forgotten in some areas. Um, but sure enough, 318 curves nestled in probably some of the best riding roads in the world. Uh, Foothills Parkway, Cherry Hill Skyway, Highway 28, um, just the Blue Ridge Parkway is right around the corner. Um, a lot of people will come to the resort and ask where the closest interstate is so that they can get away from the curves. And we have to break their hearts and say, there's not any, there's nothing close by yeah. that's that's not curvy. Um, and what a motorcycle's dream. You know, that so is, what? Is, so people can come and book for a weekend. Yes, ma'am. Stay so there, go riding at the resort. We have a convenience store, uh, merchandise. We have gas pumps there offering uh, non-ethanol, ninety-three octane. We have a sixty-five uh, seat uh, grill, uh, cooking some great southern food: hamburgers, hot dogs, brats. Um, Tell me, there's beer. Absolutely, of course. We have some local <laughs> local beer. Um, yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of local breweries are getting involved, and right now we have Boojum Brewing, which is is uh, specific to Western North Carolina. They don't they don't distribute or sell outside of Western North Carolina. Supporting local business, good. absolutely, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And they have great beer too, so that helps. Good. Um, and then we have a fourteen room motel. Um, and when we always suggest to to guests that if they want to stay in twenty twenty one that they need to book their reservation before they leave in 2020. Um, so we run from Fantastic. March to March to November and it's wide open. Uh, it, I always call it a, a bike show, car show and people show all in the oh, same spot. So yeah, it's yeah. amazing to see all the different bikes, all the different cars are really starting to come oh, in now. And celebrities mm-hmm. as well. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah, we've had, Do you want to name drop some? Um, <laughs> Kyle Petty came through years ago, um, and he walked into the store and he, he was going to pick up the tab for whoever in his crew was inside the store. And so the staff at that time had to lock the doors and say, you know, get out if you're not with this party. Yeah. Uh, they locked the doors behind him and, uh, Mr. Petty picked up the tab for the number of people that were in the resort at that point. Um, <laughs> uh, Jay Leno has stopped by. Um, nice. Sarah and I did a, a nice little uh, promo and uh, segment with uh, the Ride with Norman Reedus show. Norman mm-hmm. Reedus from The Walking nice. Dead, yeah, yeah. through AMC. Okay. Um, our little mini yeah. bike series was 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 with that, and uh, we yeah. we showed Norman around a good time of uh, Fitties for Life, which is our little race series that we have right there in the parking mm-hmm. lot. So about every third Saturday, uh, about eight o'clock or so, we we shoo everybody out of the parking lot. We put up some cones and banners and. 
we uh, turn the stadium lights on and we have a little mini bike race right there in the parking lot. And we've been doing oh, that for an 11 years thing. now. Yeah. Yes, and I beat him the last race. <laughs> oh, ah, nice. Oh. Does it count if my bike broke? I mean, <laughs> I, yes, it counts. If she won, she won. Yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely. Well earned, well earned. In, in order, to, uh, order to finish first, first you must finish. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. what an, it sounds like such an amazing community and just people with common interests and or love. It's a love, isn't it? It is. And Sarah's really been an added, uh, an added value to that. And, and a lot of her friends and girlfriends and a lot of the girlfriends are obviously married or have boyfriends. And so now it has become kind of a, a couple's uh, community and friendship and relationship. And it was that early on, but it's grown more so now. And that's, uh, that's really nice to experience somewhat yeah. in our later years, if you will. But, uh, you know, it's kind of nice. We're all maturing about the same rate and connecting and we all have this yeah. love for motorsports. And, you know, we have friends from North Georgia and Virginia and surrounding states come in and it's, uh, it's really fun to, to get together as couples and enjoy the same industry and, and the same need to go fast. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I just, I even while you guys speak, the way you look at each other, it's beautiful. It's nice to see couples so supportive of each other and with, with common love. Yeah, it's not, it's not something we find. And we're, we're during this whole, you know, pandemic process, we've been talking about that quite a bit. Yeah. That we're, uh, we're surprised at how much we can kind of tolerate with each other. But I think we knew that early on too. That mm-hmm. That's like my husband and I, we're both set up at the dining table working from home. And um, I thought we'd get sick of each other, but we're talking a lot and, yeah, not driving each other. That's what's supposed to happen with couples. You're supposed to communicate and love on each other and, you know, take it all in and and support. And that's the fun part. Not everybody does. But, yes, you're right. You are absolutely right. Um, I'm just going to jump back again to the resort. I did see the Tree of Shame. Yeah, the tree of shame is is on the property. is very famous. Um, I have I have uh-huh. parts. We all, we all have parts, right? Um, whether they're physically on the tree of shame or not, I think uh, metaphorically they are because there's two types of motorcyclists: those that have wrecked and those that are going to wreck. Uh-huh. Um, but the tree of shame is a uh, is a physical symbol of people who have either made mistakes or who have gotten in accidents or who mm-hmm. have not survived. Um, a clean run through the dragon. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I was going to say, I bet there's people that rock up and think they could do it easy and they don't. They do. They do. Sadly, uh, people come in and go, you know what? There's curvy roads in Florida or uh, Washington or, you know, I'm, uh-huh. I'm so-and-so and this is nothing. And uh, I, I admit I was one of those people. Um, I first rode the dragon in 2003 and didn't really know what I was getting into. Was by myself. Made a solo ride from Asheville for at that time was a long way at 90 mm-hmm. miles because it was something I'd never done before. And I got there. And of course, like others, I went, there's no way there's 318 curves. I've ridden a lot of Western North Carolina. There's no way <laughs> there's 308. There's no, there's no way. It's not, it's not here. I'm going to count them. And I was riding at a very slow pace, uh, a slow pace now. And I counted to 20 about as fast as I could count to 20 and lost all my fingers and toes and went, you know what? They're here. I'm, they, they, that's yeah. it. They got to be here. Yeah. 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 It, it was amazing. So, um, so the tree is, uh, is again, a symbol of, of people that maybe don't take it serious or maybe caught off guard, or maybe, you know, it's just one of those days that the dragon feels like biting somebody. And, um, mm-hmm. there's some mystery in that too. And so it is a collection of, uh, bite parts, um, apparel, people's souls, 
people's people souls. souls. You know yes. what? Uh, we, we, right. we laugh about that, but there are yeah. some there are some parts yeah. on there that people yeah. did not survive, and mm. um, we hate to say that, but that is a reality that that does happen. Absolutely. But statistically speaking, is one of the safer roads um, in all of America. Uh, I always tell people that statistically, more people get injured or killed on the way to the dragon than they do on the dragon. Yeah, normal traffic in their normal cars. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's uh, that's a bigger death toll than than all of the tourists that, and all of the locals that ride it multiple times a day, multiple times a, a, a month out of the year for years uh-huh. on end. And there's, you know, sadly, the death toll is, is it's still in single digits, thankfully, but it's still yeah. in single digits. And we estimate that we uh, we have about a quarter of a million motorcyclists and visitors come into the parking lot annually. And I say mm-hmm. annually, and that's through the months of uh, March to October, November that we're yeah. open. And so it's a very concentrated amount of riders and people in a very small amount of time. And so for the injury rate and, and sadly the, the death is very slow and very and low uh, for the number mm-hmm. of people that come through. So yeah. um, people like uh, the Blunt County Sheriff's Department, Tennessee Highway Patrol, the Blunt County Rescue Squad, who are actually stationed on the Dragon on the weekend. Um, that's a development that has happened recently in, in the past couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, make a huge difference because now the response time is minutes, um, you know, maybe five or 10, whereas before it's 45 to 60. Uh, 45 to 60 yeah. minutes of motorcycle wreck can be life or death. So Yeah, and that's the risk I suppose you take if you're living your life. You're getting out doing things. You can't just stay home and wrap yourself in that's bubble it. wrap. That's it. And you know what? That's yeah. a, That probably couldn't be a more truer statement right now either – in motorsports or in COVID-19. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people yes. that choose to venture out and they want, they're okay with taking those risks. There's others that want to stay home. And both of those answers are correct. And yeah. if you want to go ride your motorcycle at extreme speeds on a racetrack, or if you want to fudge the speed limit a little bit on a curvy mountain road, both of those answers are correct. So is not mm-hmm. participating in motorsports. If you want to do that as well, it's up to each individual. As long as we have yeah. an option to choose, what we can do and we're not told this is what you have to do, I think everybody's okay with that. You're so right. Absolutely. So jumping over to you, Sarah, when I look at your photos, and this is it does tie in a bit because it sounds like it's such a spiritual experience for you guys as well. When I look at your photos, they're sexy, they're stylish, but they have that spiritual balanced feel to them. Is that just a reflection of your personality? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate you describing it that way. That's very kind. Um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, really with, with social media, um, from the time I first started out, I, I just, uh, I, I don't know, I, I just decided to not apologize for who I am and just to like put it out there of, of this is me. And, and so there's, so really when you look at my social media, um, I actually have a background in the fashion industry mm-hmm. and for a while i you know i was I, I still do a little bit of it but but not like i used to um you know modeling and then i went from modeling to being a model coach to directing fashion shows and directing fashion photo shoots and i was a fashion journalist and so mm. for a very long time and so um you know with with my social account you know i have writing photos in there and i talk a lot about writing especially on my blog and just trying to progress as a writer and mm-hmm. connect with people but but 
I also have the part of me from the fashion community, I think that that plays in and with uh, with a lot of the photos. And it, uh, just for example, you know, uh, today I actually was, um, or I guess it was yesterday, was uh, trying out a pair of high-heeled riding boots <laughs> by a this. French company called Feline Racing. And, and they sent me a pair of high-heeled riding boots. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like perfect because um, they were like these very, very protective boots with like, you know, steel like reinforcements and extra padding, all this stuff to like keep your feet like safe while you're riding. But they also have a heel on them. Or good for a big night out to keep you safe. <laughs> right. And, and, and granted, you know, when, when I'm riding, um, when, I'm, when, I'm at, when I'm at the track and when I'm, you know, putting in hot laps and, and all that, I'm in, you know, I'm not going to be wearing high-heeled boots. But, but, it, but it was really fun, you know, to get to um, wear and, and try something like yeah. that. And, and so some of my photos, I, I enjoy, I, I definitely enjoy fashion and that's just part of who I am. But um, I also enjoy, you know, being a, a motorcyclist and mm-hmm. I enjoy sharing um, kind of my journey that I've taken from uh, learning over the years. And, and really, that's uh, I think that's a lot of, of what it's come down to. A lot of what I share is that uh, I am the person that I am today and I'm confident on my bike and I'm having fun on my bike because I put a lot of work into um, just workshops, track day coaching, uh, riding schools, um, mm-hmm. learning from other experienced riders to, um, to become someone who went, I, I went from being not confident on my bike and struggling with it to feeling very confident. And when you feel confident, you feel empowered. And when you feel empowered, you have, you have more fun and you have a better experience and it becomes a passion. And I want other people to have that. And so, um, so actually at the women's motorcycle conference that I did, um, gosh, that was last weekend, I think it was, and it was all virtual because of mm-hmm. COVID-19. Um, but that was a topic uh, that I spoke about in my presentation was, um, was uh, basically writer knowledge and, and training opportunities, books, blogs, mm-hmm. videos, writing schools, um, all the different opportunities available, um, specifically, well, to any rider, but also included some that I felt like would be good for women. Which it sounds like straight away, I can pick up that you're someone that goes, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be the best that I can be. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. Oh my gosh. You like right off the bat. It took me 11 years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So again, such an amazing role model for people, like the things you just described. Well, because there's a lot of. I have to interject here real quick because she's not telling okay. me the full story. She came from okay. horseback riding, and mm-hmm. if you know anything about horses, they're dangerous on both ends, and Henri in the middle. They're <laughs> yeah. horrible. They're they're so yeah. much fun. It was one of our first dates, but if you can master and control a multi-thousand pound animal to do what you want it to do, taking a couple hundred pound motorcycle of aluminum and steel and 
you know, moving parts and make it do what you did want. She, did she take you out for a 90 mile ride on the back of a horse? No. Uh, <laughs> I, took, been fair. I, I took her on a horseback riding weekend per se. Oh, it was, that's another, that's another story, yeah. but yeah. I, I did kick your butt at that, but yeah. Well, I would hope so. You were like a professional rider. Yeah. No, yeah. but uh, yeah, and, horseback riding really did help. And, and actually, strangely enough, a lot of the women motorcyclists I've met have started out in horseback riding not not to say that you have to, but I think no, but a it's... lot of the skills apply. Yeah. It seems like it's the lesser of two evils. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure which would be scarier. Yeah. Or horses. Safer or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a bit more unpredictable. That's the thing about horses and a live animal. If you say we're going to go right, the horse says, no, we're going left. You're going left. You don't get a uh-huh. choice. You can either jump yeah. off or go left. With the bike. And I grew up with horses, and I used to always think if they could just realize how strong they are, yeah, you, we would be in trouble. But in a motorcycle, mm-hmm. if you put the inputs into it correctly, you've maintained it. You don't have a mechanical failure. It's going to do what you tell it to do mm-hmm. up until a certain point, you know. And I guess the horse is yeah. the same way too, up uh, until a certain yeah, point. Yeah, I mean that, that's exactly right. Because we uh, so so like one of my dreams um, as I was kind of learning as a rider was to do Yamaha Champions Riding School because mm-hmm. it's um, they have. They, they train some of the best riders in the world and, and they use the techniques from champion riders, MotoGP riders and well, superbike riders um, in the States, Moto America. And, um, and I wanted, I wanted to learn from the best, you know, that's who I wanted to learn from. And so I wanted to do this school. And then finally uh, last year, we finally got the chance to yeah. do it. And it was everything that I hoped it would be, but but in that school, they, they talk a lot about that motorcycle is not going to do anything that you don't tell it to mm-hmm. do. Tell it to me. And so we learn the proper techniques, the proper inputs, how to how to ride that bike. And they call it at champ school, they, they call it crash proof riding because they say, mm-hmm. if, if, if you do this, you're not going to crash. And, and they're right. And, and granted things happen that are outside of your control that, that can cause a trap that can cause a crash. But, mm-hmm. but at least if you follow these techniques, it provides a safe method of riding with the best techniques that the best riders in the world are using. And it, I mean, it transformed for both of us. You know, really- I often wonder that if they learn how to fall off. Oh, that. So um, I, I know, I don't know about learning to fall off, but, but they, it was more did. of a focus of how to stay on uh, under any circumstance. Which is better. Oh, that's better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I had been given Sarah what my what instruction that I had had up until that point for 16 years on how to ride. And we went to champ school. And in two days, I told people when I got back, it felt like I, I didn't know anything. It felt like I took those 16 years of riding and just threw them out the trash can. And it was amazing. Yeah to see the transformation, not only in myself, but in her in two days under those instructions. Mm-hmm. Where's that school held? So we attended at the uh, Pittsburgh International Raceway, pit mm-hmm. race up in, uh, Pitt, in just outside uh, of Pittsburgh. Right. But then they do uh, they Palm have, Beach International Raceway down in Florida. They have Palm Beach, they have New Jersey, they have yeah. Indy Motorsports Ranch in Arizona, mm-hmm. they do California, but then they started expanding it uh internationally actually and so they held their first champ school in sepang uh which was was awesome and so when they launched that champ school um 
and I guess this is where social media comes in uh, a little bit. I had connected with this um, female rider, Yulina, who's um, who's over there near Sepang, and uh, and she was going to be doing Champ School for the first time, um, but over there, and so we so we connected through social and did an interview together, and uh, and she really helped them launch uh, that program over there. And, uh, and she was able, and she participated and, and loved it and benefited from it, got more women um, involved uh, all the way across the globe in that mm -hmm. program. And so she was really instrumental in that. So um, I think that we'll probably continue to see uh, them continue to expand the program. Yep, fantastic. So it sounds like a good thing that most anyone interested in riding or riding should get into, learn more, be safer. If I could go back and if I could give advice to my younger self or to new riders, go to Champ School now. And that way yeah. you don't have to blow 16 years of riding poorly. <laughs> just build on it. Just get on, get build on the good stuff and build that foundation. And so you don't have yeah. to unlearn your bad habits. It's much easier sure. to, to learn those great tools and to learn from like the pros like Nick and Kyle and Chris instead of going, okay, now I need to unforget or forget what I've been doing for 16 years or teaching for 16 mm -hmm. years. So yeah, yeah, hands down, you know, we, they talk about modifications to the bike and as Americans, I'm not sure how it is in, in Australia, but as red blooded Americans, of course, we want to buy something and we want to make it faster and yeah. we want to make it more horsepower and we make it louder. <laughs> yeah. As Americans, that's what we do, but that's not the right thing to do. Because sure. one of the best lines in Champ School, I thought, was this motorcycle, as it sits right here in the paddock, has no modifications to it. It's bone stock. It came off the assembly line from Yamaha. It was designed by a professional test rider. Are you good enough? Are you as good as that professional test rider right now? Mm -hmm. And the answer, of course, is no. Yeah. And it's like, well, then why would you need to modify it? Why would you need to make this scalpel any sharper than what it is? Mm -hmm. Until you can Absolutely. ride to that level. Until you can ride it to that level, you can improve this motorcycle. Go That's ride really to its advice. limit first, and then you can fix it. And, mm -hmm. you know, as Americans, it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. I have to back up a little bit. It's just a big good check-in. Absolutely. You have to, yeah, you have to swallow your pride and go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be the quiet motorcycle. I'm going to be the one with all the, the non-go-fast parts, and yeah, I'm yeah. going to ride it because what is the best tool is the person sitting on it. And that's, exactly. that, to us, that's a, that's music to our ears. That's beautiful mm -hmm. to take something that's that right. is already ready to go and just go ride it to its full potential. Yep. Well, you guys are such amazing role models in your community and um, it's been so nice talking. I want to keep talking to you for another hour or so. <laughs> we can make um, that happen, but we're going to need a refresh here in a minute. I know. I was, gonna, I was wondering what you were drinking. Well, I'm drinking we, uh, coffee because it's... Yeah, we have a little Mexican... <laughs> We have a little Mexican night once a week. So tonight was margaritas and uh, Spanish rice and, you know, guacamole oh. and tacos. So, yeah. Beautiful. I know normally when we record our podcast, I'll have an ouzo. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, I might have to have a Mexican night. Absolutely. Yes. You have to, have, you have to stay it. hydrated, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very important. <laughs> so if people want to check you out a bit more, I'm definitely going to tell everyone about um, the resort and post some pictures of the Tree of Shame. Um, where can people find you guys? Oh, sure. So uh, I'm on Instagram 
and my username it's at Sarah S A R A H with two underscores and then M E R R E L L. And then I also have a <laughs> yep, here you go. Also yeah, have a YouTube you <laughs> account uh, that is a lot more recent than my Instagram, and so I've been. Uh, slowly kind of plugging away at, at YouTube versus my, my Instagram's a bit more, um, has been around a bit longer, but I'm on YouTube mm-hmm. as, as Sarah Merrill as well. Um, and then the resort uh, is yeah. of course, Deals Gap Motorcycle Resort, it's kind of a mouthful, but Deals Gap Motorcycle Resort, uh, right here in Western North Carolina. Um, you know, some of the, uh, the dragon starts in North Carolina finishes in Tennessee. Great ride. It's fantastic. It's, you know, top five in the, in the world of motorcycle roads to ride. So great uh, destination. We get a lot of Europeans and Australians that uh, fly over, rent bikes, ride for a couple weeks, a couple months, whatever their time and schedule allows. And they come and see us and stay with us. And a lot of people will just use us as kind of a stopping point um, on their way to places like Barber or Champ School or wherever else they're going to go. So uh, come on by, check it out, ride the curvy road. Uh, don't put any parts on the tree of shame. Have a great time. <laughs> you know, stop in for a dragon burger and beer, grab your souvenir t-shirt, of course. Um, I'll be there. You know, most weekends we'll either be pit bike racing or running around the resort, things like that. If you need me, it's uh, at JUD1242 on Instagram and of course uh, Facebook and all that fun stuff too. So yeah. Excellent, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. It was fun yeah. chatting with you. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of nice to tell the story. And, and uh, you know, hopefully somebody can get something useful out of what we've done and, and uh, they can encourage and make a positive influence in their life. Absolutely. I'm sure they can. And I have, um, I try to post helpful um, blog posts that range from everything from instructional tips to events that are coming up reviews all sorts of things at uh, sportbikesweetheart.net and so that's a great resource especially for women riders who might be interested in getting into the sport i do a lot of reviews on women's gear women's events related to the sport so you will you write one on the high heel boots yes i have one coming up on that i also got to test out scorpion's uh new r1 air helmet that's actually being used by Quattararo and Batista. So it's been tested with um, MotoGP to meet the, the demands of MotoGP and World Superbike. So I've got a review coming up on, on that helmet. And um, yeah, yeah, I've been posting a lot of instructional posts as well about some things that I've been learning. So I hope it's a good resource for people. Yep, I'm sure it will be. Absolutely. Looking forward to sharing it out there. Thank you so much again for your time. Well, thank you. And I would love to speak to you again soon. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks, guys. All right. Cheers. You guys take it easy (laughs) and you know where we're at if you need anything.